Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. We've been just looking at Proverbs, at uh, some of the things that, that God has given us in this book of Proverbs to help us be wise in this life. Not wise guys, but wise in this life. There's wisdom for living. God's given us instructions for success. He's given us a path that we can walk in that, that we don't have to be fooled. We don't have to be blown around. Just like I was saying a few minutes ago, we don't have to be shaken in this life. Glory to God. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 7, it says this, He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous, and he's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Let me say this, that if you're born again, if you're in Christ, if, you've, if you had a point in your life where you've accepted Jesus and what he did for you, I'm telling you what, you're a new creature. You are accepted by God. And, and you don't, you're not you know, required to do everything perfect, picture perfect right 100% of the time in order for God to love you. The honest truth of it is, even in the days in my life when I ran from God, He loved me. You know, you know, people need to grasp that. People need to know that. People need to know that God loves them. That He loves them. Sometimes people are always trying to do things to gain approval. Alright? I'm not saying you shouldn't do things that are right, but I'm telling you what, your motive is not to gain God's approval because your motive should be, wow, I am loved by God. When I know that, that my Father God is for me, not against me, I say like the Apostle Paul said, what could be against me? What could, be, what could, what could come in my way that I can't overcome? Because I know my, my, my daddy is on my side. So he lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. Everybody say, I, I've been, I'm righteous. <laughs> now if you have any trouble saying that, you need to know that the righteousness that we are is in Christ. I'm not, when I say I'm righteous, I'm not telling you that, that you know, I, I'm perfect in my own works or anything like that. But I totally stand in what God did for me in, in Jesus Christ, in his death, burial, and resurrection. He paid the price for me. And because he paid the price, I'll tell you what, it's been purchased. My righteousness has been paid for. Glory to God. I'm like a kid on Christmas morning. Woo-hoo, I opened it up. I didn't get a new sled. I, I'm, 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 I've been made righteous. woo Glory to God. So in, in Proverbs here, he says that he lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. So that's talking about you and me. God has a store of wisdom for us. You know, in, in Corinthians, Paul said this. He said, he says, we've been made righteous. We've been made sanctification. He's been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. He's been made that unto us. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Paul said that. I, I, I was going through the book of Proverbs, and I, what I noticed, you know, years ago is how many times the, the word righteous came out. And, and I just recently looked it up, and there's 75 times that the writers of Proverbs use this word righteous. So a side journey on my side journey is this, that, that uh, there's about three areas that I saw, you know, relating to this word righteous in the book of Proverbs. We've done a couple of them already. One of them that I noticed is, is preservation. 
So there's, there's a preservation for us to walk in. There's a stability, you know, is another way I could say it, for us to walk in that's there for us. Hallelujah. Say it's there for me. Looking at this word righteous in the book of Proverbs, I, I saw this co totally connected with it, and it's the word favor. There's a favor upon your life, you know, just being a new creature. There's a favor of God upon you. And why am I telling you that this morning? Well, if it's there, won't it just happen? No, you've got to know it. You've got to know these things. You've got to be told these things. I need to be told these things. I need to be constantly stirred up in who I am in Christ. Because there's a pull out there. You know, the world just doesn't, you don't just get up on Monday and, and go around and everybody goes, oh, it's the righteous, it's the favored one. No, oh, come on. I tell you what, I mean, you, you get all the bad news that hits you. I mean, sometimes you barely get your head off the pillow and bad news is bombarding your mind. And if you live by all the stuff that's bombarding your mind, it's going to drive you down. Even though you're the righteousness of God in Christ, even though the favor of God is upon you, even though you've got all these things, I'll tell you what, if you don't know them and use them, you won't live by them. So I'm telling you that because you've been made righteous, because God is God is. you know, bestowed this on you, man, you've got preservation, you've got stability, you've got favor. The third area that I saw in the book of Proverbs that, that came up over and over when I looked at these righteousness scriptures was, was this area that we talked about last week that, uh, you know, how many know I just couldn't finish it last week? It's, it's about our words. It's about our words and how we properly use words. If we saw the value in words, we'd be more economical with the ones we use. Words, you know, they carry tremendous weight in people's lives. I, how many, when you're a kid, I, I said this to sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many know, how many found out it didn't take long until you realized that wasn't true? You know, sticks and stones, you can recover from sticks and stones much quicker. Some people never recover from wrong words that are spoken. Words Words, words go out and they fill the atmospheres of homes, all right? Your word, the words you speak, they change an atmosphere. You know, I, I was thinking about it this week in, in our house. You know, something that we've done for many years is that when we're, we're going through, we try to do this all the time, but I tell you, if, if, if we're facing something big in life, we take a, a, a big account into the music that's being played in our house, What's music? Well, most of the time, music is words kind of put to a, a harmony or something or a melody. I'm not going to demonstrate this morning just for lack of time, but, but uh, you know, what is most times war music is words. You know, I like to have good music going on in the house, you know, because it fills my house with the atmosphere of heaven. Good praise music will just fill it with, with heaven's atmosphere. And, you know, you've heard Dane and I, if you've come here for a while, you know, when we're going through something, the kids will come home, they'll go, oh, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Because Dana, especially Dana, you know, she'll put on David Ingalls. If you don't know who David Ingalls is, I mean, it's the funniest thing. When I got born again back, back in the 70s, you know, I, I mean, I was, a, I was a Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, yes kind of guy. Okay, I don't know, maybe somebody, I don't even know who that is, but I was into rock. 
And my sister, bless her heart, you know, and my brother-in-law, he, he, he's the best brother-in-law I've got. And, well, no, I've got more than one now, don't I? Well, he's one of the best. Hallelujah. I've got a whole couple more. Praise the Lord. Kurt, Marty, if you're listening, love you. Yeah. <laughs> but they sent me up this package when I got born again. You know, I got born again in the 70s, and it was big news in the Carlson family. You know, boy, goodness, this, this black sheep finally got his act together and received Christ. And my sister sent me this nice, nice little package in the mail. I love to get packages in the mail. I open it up, and there's two books, both of them by Kenneth Hagin. One was The Real Faith, and one was The Authority of the Believer. I didn't know what it was even, but I knew my sister sent them to me, and my brother-in-law, so I said, hey, I'm going to read those things. I read those books, and I said, whoa, this is the truth. I can see this is my goodness, God's talking to me when I'm reading these books. So I bought every book that Kenneth Hagin had written. I read every book before I ever went to Ramah. I'd read every single book that he'd, he'd written at that time. And um, the other thing she had in that package was an eight-track tape. That'll date you right there. It was an eight-track tape of this guy named David Ingalls. Now, it, I really had to respect my, my sister and brother-in-law to put that in my tape player because it was totally different than anything I ever listened to. Okay, it had had like steel guitars and things. And and David, you know, God bless him. He he's still singing and preaching, but but he he sang with such an anointing on his life, and he'd sing these songs that were just filled with God's word. And I'm telling you, for a solid year, it's the only thing I listened to. It was the only thing I'd play in my car was David Ingalls. Now, you know, I'd go to church and I'd hear music there, but I'd put that stuff in because it just, it was just like, it was just like I, I got a connection and it was just going, whoosh, whoosh. It was just like filling my heart with heaven. It was just changing my attitude. It was changing my perspective because good music anointed by the, the Holy Ghost will do that to you. Words can do that to you. All right, I'm really rambling here. Where in the world am I? Proverbs 10:11 says, "The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life." Say, "I've got a well of life." It's in me. I release that life. It's like a fire hose coming out of me, just going off, putting out, putting out fires. Yeah, there's life in me. There's life in me. Dane and I, we like to go on walks. You guys like to go on walks? We, we purpose. Now, we don't do it every day, but we purpose to go on a walk every day. We've got this little trail that we go on. We go on a walk with the dog first, and it's about a mile, and then we go for two miles down through this cornfield. And last week one day, we were out on our walk, and, and, and I, I, we were on the first part of it, you know, with the dog, and, and I was probably about a block and a half in, and I said, oh, Dana, Dana, I'm just experiencing such pain in this walk. I just got to stop for a minute. And so we stopped and, you know, held the dog back a minute here. I got down, and what I did is I took my tongue of my tennis shoe, and I yanked it. I pulled the slack out of it, and I yanked it up. And, and, and I said, praise God, let's go on. And, and you know, I walked the rest of my, my journey, and I didn't have pain. And I thought about that later, and I thought, you know, isn't that the truth? Many times in life, there's pain in our, our, our walk. There's pain in our life. And it can be adjusted if we'll just simply take our tongues and jerk the slack out of them. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing what that'll do. It, just, it was like I got a new lease on life. I said, glory to God, Dane, I can do this thing. I can walk the whole, the whole journey with you. Hallelujah, glory to God. 
Proverbs 15, 28, it says, The heart of the righteous studies to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pour out evil things. Now, you know, the picture that paints to me is this. Life will try to dictate to you. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had life try to dictate to you? And the way that it gets control of you is it gets a hold of you and it makes you say things. You know, wouldn't it be good if, if God got a hold of us so much that, that that was the dictation that we lived by? That was the way we spoke in life? You know, as I talk about words and, and using words wisely, you know, I've got to tell you this. I'm not trying to put anybody in bondage. I'm not trying to make a confession cop out of anybody. Okay, if you know what I'm talking about. Are this, they, I don't know if they're around anymore, but back in the 70s or early 80s, I remember, you know, there'd be this, this total buzz about words and stuff, and people were like, like soldiers. Hey, hey, shouldn't be saying that. Now, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't even do that to yourself. Just make the, 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 the point that I'm going to just get saturated with God. I'm going to be so, so in love with Him and so filled with Him that I'm going to allow Him. I'm going to allow Him. I'm going to allow Him to help me talk. You know, I don't know how everybody else learned to talk, but my, my parents worked with me and taught me to talk. I mean, I worked like, like crazy to try to get the girls to say Dada before Mama, but she had me whooped because she had them all day long. And, you know, they'd say mama first, you know. But, but you know, <laughs> influence. Allowing God to influence our tongue more than the world. Do you think that would be all right? I think it would be good if, if God influenced our tongue more than the situations we're facing. You see, and now, now again, on, on the line that I'm talking about, not making confession, not making a bunch of legalistic word watchers, you know. Word watchers, you know, we're going to get a new app on our phone. It's called Word Watcher. It'll beep anytime we say some beep. I'd probably, I'm trying not to wear my battery out on the phone, okay? But anyway, um, I'm not trying to make that kind of a mentality. I'm just saying, hey, let's be more aware of God. Let's, let's take him into our life in such a measure that, that he affects us in every way. He affects how we see life. He affects how we see every situation. And he affects how we talk about it. You see, because when we line our tongues up with him, I'm telling you what, we're creating a path for heaven, for heaven to work, for heaven to move ahead of us, to pave the road that we're walking on. You see, the words you, you and I both, I'm, I'm in this too. Everything I'm preaching, I'm telling you what, it, it's back at me too. The words that I speak today shape the world that I walk in tomorrow. Now, I can't shape the whole world. I can't shape your world as much as I can shape mine. But my words that I speak today, they set things up for future experience in my life. You know? And, and you know, it doesn't work like, wow, I heard pastor this morning. He talked about the power of words. I'm going to just go and I'm going to say 50 times, you know, that, that I'm more than a conqueror. And glory to God, then I, I wish it worked like that sometimes. One of them things, when I'm in heaven, I'll be talking to God about, say, hey, how, how can we could? But I do understand it. How many of us would be in trouble if everything we said came to pass instantly? You know, how many knuckleheads on the freeway would there be? Huh? 
Oh, my goodness. Thank God it doesn't just happen. It isn't like, like this. It isn't like, hey, Dana, wow. I got myself some, some oak seeds, you know, acorns, some acorns. I tell you what, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I got a green thumb. I'm going to go out in the yard, and I'm going to plant me some acorns. So Dana, she's watching me. She gets amused by me. So I'm digging the little hole and planting my little acorn seeds and putting my hose over there and watering it. And then I go, stand back, Dana. They're in the ground. They've been watered. <laughs> How many of that's foolish? That doesn't work. But when you put something in the ground, you cover it up and you, you water it. And you do that over and over and over and over again. Over time, the big oak tree comes. Hallelujah. As words get planted, as words get thrown out there, when you throw things out with your mouth, really it is, it's like planting seed. It's like planting seeds. And, you know, some things I've thrown out there, I'm praying for crop failure. But there's some things that i got to keep throwing out there, and keep throwing out there, because it's the thing I desire to walk in in the days to come. Speak in words. There's a well of life. On the inside of us. Glory to God. Where was I, Stephen? Huh? Proverbs 16, 23. It says that the heart of the wise will teach his mouth and add learning to his lips. The heart of the wise will teach his mouth and add learning to his lips. You know what that tells me? That tells me that it takes some effort. It takes effort. It tells me that it just doesn't fall on you automatically. But wisdom says this, that the heart of the wise will teach his mouth and add learning to his lips. Teach your mouth. Don't let your mouth, I'll say it my way, don't let your mouth go saying anything you want. Okay? Take heed to what you speak. Teach your mouth the right things to say in the situations of life. Sometimes I'll study to know what to say in a situation in life. I remember when we, um, when we left uh, Minnesota. Some of you guys heard me preach these things 50 times. It's all right. I like telling my stories. You like telling your stories? I like them. When Dana, Dana and I and the kids, they were kids then, were uh, associate pastors of a church in Minnesota, in Hopkins, Minnesota, for a dozen years. And we'd been with that church from the beginning pretty much, really very much. And uh, we saw it grow from 20, 30 people to 500 people. And you know, it was great times. And, and God called us and put in our heart that we were going to leave that place and go to another place and start a church. And you know, I, I, don't, I'm not, I try not to be foolish, but you know, I carried that in my heart for a number of years before I told you know, anybody but Dana. And when the year 2000 turned, it was just like when the dates changed. I'm not saying New Year's Day, but it was right in that era that it just became very real in my heart and in Dana's heart that we had to act. God had called us to go out from that place and go to another and start a church. And, and uh, you know, I had done all my kicking and screaming already, so I was like, okay, I'm going to obey. I'm going to walk it out. And I remember we just, we just, you know, I'm not telling you to do this way. You've got to do what God shows you to do, but we just resigned from the church. And we didn't know where we were going to go. We didn't know. And I don't go doing that. Don't do that unless God tells you to. 
Unless it's just like I can't escape it. This is the only. I, I stood up that morning in church. I remember Keith Hershey was our guest speaker. You guys all know Keith. And, and uh, they wanted me to get up before Keith came to preach. Keith, I apologize for putting you in an awkward position. <laughs> but I got up and I said, I feel like if, if I don't obey God, I said, I'm going to be like Jonah on the ship. And you guys will not enjoy my, my being here. And I said, I've got, we've got to obey what God told us to do. So we, we made this big plunge. And we, we, we actually, we had four weeks from the time that we announced it till the time we left the church. And I just knew in my heart we had to just go. We couldn't just hang around. It just isn't healthy to stay there because then people would kind of cling to us and, you know, it caused division. Or who, I didn't want to do that kind of stuff. No. So you know what I did? We practiced before, Dan and I, before we'd go to church. We said, this is what we're going to say because we had no, absolutely no clue where we were going to go. And we had inklings, but nothing. We didn't have any church saying, come on, we need you. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't know you people. And, 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 and only in the spirit did we know you. But sometimes you, you want some flesh and blood. But, but, you know, we just, before we would go to church, I'd say, Dana, this is how we're going to speak. You know, because people say, well, where are you, this, how many know? They're going to say, where are you going to go? When are you going to start the church? And, you know, that kind of stuff can drive you down when you don't have any clue. So we just made up something. I don't remember what it was exactly. I said, well, we're obeying God. I'd just say things like that. We're ob- I don't know all the detail, but, man, it is real in my heart. I just, I'd had things that I was going to say because I studied I taught my mouth what it was going to say. I wasn't going to just let random, <laughs> what's with that word, things go out. Hallelujah. Teach your mouth what to say. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three. it says, Whoso will keep his mouth and his tongue will keep his soul from trouble. A lot of people are going around with emotional distress. People are going around with mental warfare that could be solved in their life if they'd get a hold of their tongue. Your tongue will bring peace to your soul. If you don't know what your soul is, I know sometimes people think of your soul as your spirit, but really the Bible defines your spirit, your soul, and your body. And your soul is the part of you. It's eternal, but it's your personality. It's your mind, your will, and emotions, just to put it real in a nutshell. People have trouble in this area. And Proverbs says if we'd learn to speak right, if we'd get a, 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 a hold of our tongues, jerk the slack out of them, it would make our walk a lot more pleasant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can you hang in there with me for one, one more thought here? Hebrews, it's got a few scriptures. Hebrews 11.3. It says, through faith we understand. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. How does God make worlds, you know? I mean, what would, what would I do if I was going to make a world? I'd be like, well... I think we need some wood and some nails, a hammer, and and I need somebody that actually knows how to work all those things. (laughs) John, where's John? No, he isn't here. But anyway, somebody, you know, Dennis, come on. Neil, come on, yeah. Um, But God, he gets up and he uses the most powerful thing. He, He speaks. He speaks. There's darkness all over the earth, you know. Without form and void, God speaks. He says, hey, let there be light. God knows how to use the authority and the power that he has. How does he demonstrate it? How does he activate it? He activates it by words. The things that you and I see and touch and feel today are a product of words that were spoken. 
How literal can that be? Read it in Hebrews 11. Genesis 1, it says this in the beginning. He, he created the heavens and the earth. And again, I just quoted it. It says, The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God, in the midst of all that, said, Let there be light. I want to tell you this. I, I believe it was dark in that day. I believe that, that you could stand out there. And most people, most Christians, and I could have done this too. I could have looked out there and I could have said, Wow, that's dark. Most people look at their lives and they'll say, yes, that is so dark. God looks out at the dark and he doesn't talk about the dark. He says, hey, let there be light. See, that's a prime example of not letting the circumstances dictate to you and use your tongue the way they want to. But it's, a, it's an example of rising up in what God's called you to be and what he's called you to do and declaring the will of God over a situation. Words are full of power. Words create things. Now, I got I to gotta qualify this. Don't go out of here today thinking you're going to create a new world. <laughs> See, I know none of you would do that, but I don't know everybody listening on the internet. <laughs> you're not going to go create a new world. I've got enough to just try to maintain the one I'm walking in today. But I'm telling you what, the world that I walk in in the future is a product of words that I speak today. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4.14 It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. The American Standard Version says, Let us hold fast to our confession. You see, we have a great high priest that's gone into the heavens, and he's backing us. He's backing us. We need to declare his word. I'm not trying to say declare our word. I'm telling you this morning, we need to declare his word in the earth. The word for confession, it's translated here both ways, profession and confession, is the word in the Greek, it's called, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but it's called homologio. There will not be a test at the end of this today. But this is what it is. It's homologio. And it literally means, here we just read it. It says, hold fast to our homologio. And it means this. It means to speak the same thing. To speak the same thing. Now, what are you speaking the same thing as? Well, if I take the context here, it's, it says we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let's hold fast. Let's hold fast to what we're saying, guys. Let's say the same thing Jesus said. Let's find out what God says about the situations in our life, and let's agree with heaven. Let's agree with Jesus. Let's say what he says about situations. How simple is that? Does that seem okay? Does that seem like a nice thing to do? I think it does. You know, don't take the care of the world upon yourself. You can't control the world, okay? But let's speak the word of God over our lives. Let's speak his word and, 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 and change futures. Change futures. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.